0: Welcome to another episode of Flatten the Curve, Strengthen the Black Dollar. I'm your host, EA Green, the CEO of Open Media, the agency. And I'm here today with Mr. Derek Ellington, the Triad President of Bank of America. How are you doing today?
1: Doing terrific. Thank you.
0: I really want to thank you for taking the time out to come here because we really wanted to really focus on having conversations with some of the most prominent black leaders like within our community and in the country and in the state so that we can really kind of have a honest conversation, a candid conversation about how we can start moving the community as a whole to a place of almost kind of like self uh, uh, sufficiency. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, COVID-19 really exposed a lot of hard truths with our community and the country as a whole. Mm -hmm. And we just want to make sure that if something like this ever happens again, we can, you know, be able to adapt a lot faster and be able to prepare for in case of something like this ever happens again. So I really do appreciate, you know, you coming out here today.
1: Thank you again yeah. for allowing me to be on the show. And uh, it's a tremendous honor to be here with you. Uh, it's a great uh, opportunity to really continue the dialogue uh, and think through not only what everybody's going through right now, but what we can learn uh, from this experience and how we continue to move forward in a positive way
0: got it so you know, i just want to kind of get right into it so if you don't mind can you give us a little bit of a backstory about how you got here today right so you know we're here in this decent you know nice studio we're t- here having this conversation but there's a lot of history that got you you know that got you from where you started to becoming the actual triad president of bank of america so do you mind just sharing a little bit about that
1: Abs- absolutely Going back to my banking career and the roots of my banking career, um, I started out in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, working for BBVA Compass Bank uh, in their management training program uh, right out of college. And uh, through that program, I, I got a terrific foundation in banking. Uh, the program at that point was set up such that uh, you, you did everything from being a teller to collecting on bad loans, to learning how to underwrite uh, credit, both consumer and commercial uh, lending uh, activities, uh, everything around all the regulation that we also navigate in the banking industry. Uh, Many of the historic acts like Glass-Steagall and others that are a part of the foundation of how the industry functions and then just how a bank operates uh, mechanically was a part of the curriculum that uh, we were all exposed to. And I had a, a terrific uh, experience there at BBVA Compass, uh, started out making uh, automobile loans wow. uh, to consumers who were buying vehicles through dealerships. And I would look at between 60 and 120 applications a day and make decisions on uh, approving uh, auto loans uh, for consumers. And, uh, you know, did that for a few years and then moved into other aspects of banking uh, before relocating to Greensboro uh, in 1997 to start my career uh, at Bank of America. Uh, it's been a terrific journey at Bank of America. I've had a lot of different experiences. Some of those experiences have taken me all over the globe, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I have met with clients in their offices at Bank of America in Singapore, Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong, wow. London, Dublin, Ireland, Munich, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany and Zurich, Switzerland. Wow. Over my career. wow! And again, meeting with clients in their offices to talk about how to uh, help them expand their businesses, how to grow. And, uh, continue to evolve based on, uh, their customer needs. Right. Understand.
0: Understand. So, you know, you were giving us a little of a backstory in terms of, you know, your upbringing, in terms of like the, the family structure that you had. Mm -hmm. And you said living in rural Alabama and you had family that essentially owned land, right? And they were very like self-sufficient, things of that nature. So, like, how did that help mold you in terms of like your, your experience, like, you know, in school or mm-hmm. through your career of yes. that that idea of, you know, we have to do our own. Like, how Correct. can you share a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. And I, I think that as we we reflect on um, our come up as leaders, um, some people have a more urban upbringing and there, there are tremendous amounts of valuable learnings from that urban experience and and then they're like living in a city living in, in a, city. A, a large or medium sized city in particular um, in communities uh, that have certain characteristics in those urban environments and mentors and successful uh, business owners uh, and community leaders in those ur- urban environments well similarly in rural environments, those same characteristics exist as well. Uh, That can have the same impact. So for me, uh, my experience, my story was more rural, Uh, but but such a rich, unique environment where, again, in a 10 square mile area, there is a significant population of black families that are owners of uh, not only their homes, but, but there are small businesses that have, happen to be agricultural based businesses. So, uh, again, if I fast forward to today, business fundamentals are the same. I mean, you still have to have capital. Uh, when you need capital, you've got to have a good plan around how you're going to be profitable in your business. You've got to have cash reserves for the rainy day right. and, and, and a plan around how to navigate as things in your economic opportunity can dramatically change. So when I think about the current environment with COVID-19, all those business fundamentals apply. Right.
0: So when it comes to COVID-19, right, like it kind of took everything by storm, right? So we're, you know, we're a couple of months in to, you know, uh, like dealing with this, you know, this global pandemic and the country is starting to open up and things of that nature. So, can you share a little bit about like you're from within the Bank of America lens, right? In your role, like what have you noticed in terms of how, you know, black and brown communities have been essentially affected
1: by COVID-19? Absolutely. You know, um, the the noticeable thing about COVID-19's impact on our black and brown communities is that it, it's really shined a spotlight on some of the disparities, Um, In an environment like this, uh, when things change so quickly and so dramatically, one thing that our black and brown communities have been challenged with is their whether or not their business model was nimble enough to be able to pivot quickly and capture the opportunities that are being created, even in a challenging environment. Can you give an example? One example I will give you of that. Um, is a company based in Greensboro called Core Technologies. Core Technologies uh, primarily does advanced manufacturing, um, high-end injection molding with plastic materials. And as a result of the pivot in the environment around COVID-19, Core Technologies has quickly become a producer of face shields. That um, in mass production. So they continue to do injection molding uh, with their core clients and and based on those still uh, business demands that are still in place. But they quickly pivoted to producing over 500,000 plastic face shields that are in high demand because that is what their customers need and is a whole new segment for them. To capitalize on based on the equipment they already have in place, the personnel they have with the expertise and their design and manufacturing capabilities.
0: So in that particular case, is that something that I'm I'm assuming there's, you know, there's different uh, things that are implied with that, right? To be able to pivot that way. So did they reach out to you guys in terms of like terms of helping them? receive the funding so they can like get new tooling or things of that nature like how how did BOA B of A really kind of implement themselves or help them out in that particular case
1: in in this particular case we were not directly involved with this particular company right. but um the the CEO uh reached out to me and talked about the changing dynamics and how their company was pivoting to capitalize on the opportunity created in the market. And as a result of that, they have been able to really significantly enhance uh, their their business and, and what uh, their business value is in the market. And that's, again, that's critical. Black and brown businesses uh, have to listen to uh, what customers really need because it's ever changing. Right. And then as those changes occur, one, have the capital. Have the employee base, um, to be nimble enough to make those adjustments very quickly. And those business owners that have been able to do that, uh, are having a lot of success, even in a challenging environment. But again, I, I mentioned being well capitalized. Um, we are seeing, um, a lot of black and brown businesses that, uh, you know, are, are trying to uh, leverage access to capital in this challenging environment because in some cases, uh, some did not have a lot of reserves, uh, built up going into COVID 19. Right.
0: So, yeah, I definitely was kind of leading us into that mm-hmm. part of the conversation. So, I mean, we know that there are some, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some individuals, some companies that again were very fortunate to be able to make pivots or recognize the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but when looking at, in terms of the people who aren't, who don't have access to capital, right. Or mm-hmm. there were issues, you know, they may have issues because they may not have, have uh, collateral mm-hmm. or things in there like equity yes. to be able to run, like to kind of push that. How have you seen like bank of America mm-hmm. kind of like attack that particular disparity in terms of the black community?
1: Absolutely. Well, a few things, uh, bank of America, uh, one had a, a focus around, uh, black business owners and particularly Hispanic and Latino business owners ahead of COVID-19. Wow. We had programmatically rolled out, um, two initiatives focused on both communities, uh, that are national initiatives. One of the roles I play at Bank of America in, in addition to being the local triad president is I lead our business banking operation which is primarily focused on businesses with sales between 5 million and 50 million in annual sales. Mm -hmm. And within that segment, we saw a tremendous opportunity nationally to leverage a lot of our capabilities and resources to better serve our black and brown business owners. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have very much uh, put programs in place where we're bringing together Uh, Business owners in the forums, we've conducted listening sessions, not coming to them with a canned, bake set, set of recommendations, but first conducting listening sessions where we're hearing directly from business owners that may be from the early stages of a business all the way through a very mature, successful business. Talk about some of the challenges that they have faced and continue to face. Uh, as they operate their businesses. And we've taken copious notes. We've also come back to those groups of listening owner participants and provided a lot of feedback on programs and solutions that we have to some of the challenges that they've raised and also external resources that they can leverage to solve some of the issues they've raised in those listening sessions. So that's been the starting point. The other huge opportunity I've found with our black and brown business owners is many times black and brown business owners are so focused on the day-to-day, the month-to-month ability to um, invest and focus on their business uh, viability in the short term that they don't often have as much time to invest in their networks. So another great Part of this initiative is we're bringing business owners together in different industries that don't know each other. Right. And that in itself has created opportunities for do, them to do business with each other, as well as learn from each other's experiences. Exactly. And if we're not creating those forums for folks to come together, it oftentimes that piece of information and network connectivity is lost. I understand. I know with your role,
0: right, uh, at Bank of America, you mentioned that those initiatives had uh, were focused on businesses between five million sales and fifty million sales. But we know that there's a you know a large amount of uh, entrepreneurial Black businesses, of Brown businesses that may not even make upwards of hundred thousand, right? Yes. If you have uh, different cash based stores yes. in terms of like uh, salons, barbershops, mm-hmm. you know, nail technicians, and things of that nature. Have you or seen any conver- or have any
1: conversations in regards to that subsection of entrepreneurs? Absolutely. No, great question. And one specific example, we are definitely reaching across all segments. And for example, uh, there's an organization called the Greensboro Business League uh, that uh, Gary McCants leads uh, in Greensboro. And, uh, I was invited recently to speak to them, uh, pre-COVID as we were going into COVID about, uh, a number of programs that were in development through the SBA, um, like the PPP program and others and, and really talk about fundamentals that all businesses could begin to make sure they shored up going into the crisis. One, examining uh, as a small business owner, many in many cases, your business is supported primarily by your individual consumer credit uh, capability. Right. So I asked those small businesses at the very early uh, stage in to really take a fresh look at their credit scores, mm-hmm. um, have their credit bureau uh, pulled, uh, look at it uh, through Many, many services that offer that without a cost involve examine where they are in terms of their credit capacity uh, to uh, be able to access funds if they needed them going into COVID-19 and beyond. But a lot of that would be driven by their consumer credit uh, capacity. Uh, Look at how much equity they have in their personal homes. Uh, other assets that if they needed to leverage those assets in the short term, they'd have a clear path for doing that as another source of capital, as, as an example. Right. So and one thing I do want to
0: I want to pick like pick out uh, is that you mentioned about pulling your credit bureau. Right. Yes. So uh, I feel that is not common knowledge of. Understanding that you can pull your your full credit report. Yes. From all three bureaus uh, once a year for free. Absolutely. Right? I'm you know, if I'm not mistaken, it's for a rolling 12 months. Yes. Correct. So, you know, that's definitely something I wanted to make sure that, you know, people understand is that, you know, those are tools that, you know, that, you know, there are other you know, tools out there, other applications out there that allow mm-hmm. you to see you know, information, high-level information for free, mm-hmm. or some are, you know, at cost, but mm-hmm. you can reach out directly to the, uh, you know, Experian, Equifax, yes. uh, in order to get the information, right? And they Correct. can do it right online. So, I, I understand that that's very, very important. And I guess, have Bank of America made any pivots of any sort, or, have, you know, maybe changed any, any of the rules in terms of, uh, the equity piece or in order to lend in regards to Bank of America, uh, COVID-19?
1: We, we have done a number of things specific to COVID-19, but at fundamentally, one of the things that we've always been a, a huge proponent for and played a major role in is financial literacy. And through our bankofamerica.com website, there are uh, capabilities through Khan Academy that anyone can access and there are modules that um, you can access through our Bancofamerica dot com website to educate yourself on a self-direct directed uh path as to watching videos on certain uh things around uh credit uh and and uh you know really financial literacy that would be helpful uh to any individual and any particular uh business owner. Beyond that, we also have programs. Within our small business banking platform, which again are businesses up to five million in, in annual sales, right. where you can actually work with a uh, small business specialist. Uh, many of them are uh, officed in our financial centers uh, throughout the country and provide advice to our small business owner uh population around how they can continue to grow and expand. and and have a healthy business. So we provide those solutions as well. As it relates to COVID-19 specifically, we've made a lot of significant investments um, to try and create uh, a better path forward for our black and brown business owners. We recently announced a $1 billion commitment over four years that our bank is actually putting skin into the game to really create a better path to racial equality and address some of the racial inequality that exists, particularly as it relates to our black and brown community, and that is focused on really um, making sure that our our black and brown business owners have a clear pathway to accessing capital. We are also looking at um, you know economic mobility in our black and brown communities. And um, the education piece and then a fourth area is really focused on, um, you know, what we are doing to to try and diminish some of the health disparities that are prevalent in our black and brown communities. So as a local market president, I am in the process as we speak of evaluating different opportunities where we can make a high impact through a financial contribution that will help, um, us, you know, strengthen pathways in those key areas here locally. Got it. So, you know, over the last, you
0: know, few months or so, you know, there's been a resurgence of sorts of, of pride in, in terms of creating black wealth, right? Creating black businesses, supporting black businesses Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So, I know you, you mentioned that with the $1 billion uh, over four years, mm-hmm. you know, how have, you know, how have you looked at that from a, like a perspective? Like, yes, you are the area president you mm-hmm. know, of the triad, but yes. just you as a black man, right. Just sure. you as like black man who lives in this community, yes. who I'm sure you have, you know, you've had your, your fair share of experiences that mm-hmm. you felt like were not on the up and up. Right. right. So, how has that, you know, the last couple of months kind of just mm-hmm. how's that made you feel? How has that made you know, how have you really kind of come to terms with things that are going on?
1: Sure. I you know, I'll tell you, the timing couldn't be more perfect for me because uh, it's personal. Right. Mm-hmm. Being uh, a black male uh, who is a father of four sons, uh, 20 to 27, uh, who is also the son of a father who's one of four. Uh, boys in his family uh, who are I've been surrounded by very thoughtful and successful black men my whole life. My my grandfather, uh, my dad's father um, recently passed away in the last two weeks at 95 years old uh, after uh, a life of, you know, working as a sanitation worker in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, working hard every single day, hardly ever calling in sick, buying his own home mm. and uh, providing for his family through a 75-year marriage. Wow. So, oh, so wow. foundationally right. that that's why I couldn't be more excited about this opportunity and the movement that's going on because I, I'm fully invested for the future of my sons mm. as they start to look for opportunities to find their soul and start their families. My desire is that they would not have to live through uh, what, what I've had to live through, and my dad's had to live through, and my grandfather's had to live through, uh, for which the shoulders they stand upon as they raise their children. And, and we can be part of that solution. We, right. we are seeing the world change right before our eyes. I right. mean, people are joining the movement and this capital investment that the bank is doing is part of the equation. It's not the singular right. solution, but it is an important ingredient that we need in order to get to uh, a better place right. a, as a world and in every community here in the United States.
0: I understand. I understand. So, I mean, like, I feel like I did not, you know, before going into this conversation, of course, like you know, you do your research, can, never could find that you were, you know, a father of four, right? Yes. And, you know, all of that rich history that mm-hmm. kind of comes, like, you know, with your family mm-hmm. in terms of the, like, the, I guess, the work ethic, the different mm-hmm. things that have clearly have, you know, helped mold you, Yes. All right? So, I guess going outside of that or, like, understanding what your experience mm-hmm. is, like, what are some things that you feel like that you've learned or mm-hmm. things that you've experienced that you, know, you might directly be able to give another person who may not have had those, uh, you know, those role models or those those, yes. uh, those uh, instrumental figures in their life? Like, yes. what are some things that you would share that really kind of shows like mm-hmm. to kind of be optimistic moving yes. forward, even if things yes. look tough?
1: Sure. Great question. I mean, one of the things that... I always encourage people, um, to, to think about is there's always a pathway to success. And many times it's, it's having the fortitude and the discipline to, to find that pathway because it may not always be an easy route to getting on that pathway, but it always exists. And there are always people, uh, either in our circles or outside of our circles that would be willing to help us get on those pathways uh, if we can get out and engage with them. So when I talked earlier about the network in our black and brown communities for business owners, it's critically important that we're constantly expanding our network of individuals and other successful business uh, enterprises that could add value, that could come through reading, uh, there's so much information available to us uh, over the web now uh, than ever before in the history. So are we carving out time in our schedule to do that critical reading? Are we carving out time to just send an invitation to someone for a conversation like you did with me right. and following through to make sure that that conversation takes place? Because there's value in gaining the insight through that connection. And then that connection could have long lasting value to the pathway that I'm trying to get on. So one, having the discipline to make that a part of your schedule. One of the things I learned in my career at Bank of America is it's a big company. It's a global company, 208,000 employees um, across the globe. But the company is really a small place when you began to build meaningful relationships with people that you're intentional about connecting with and you also water those relationships by periodic connectivity. Last weekend, for example, I communicated over LinkedIn with an employee in in China. He is based in Beijing, China. He's actually been to my home here in Greensboro uh, two years ago as we were doing business with clients here in North Carolina, in the triad that do business in China. Mm. And he was here on an engagement meeting with those clients. And he was telling me, for example, in China, in Beijing, they've been back in their offices since March Mm. on a one week in the office, one week uh, working from home schedule. But that connectivity and that relationship, I continue to maintain, right. even though we're all in the COVID-19 state, because I'm being disciplined about the value of those relationships. I understand. All right. So that, that is very, very enriching. And I
0: definitely want to thank you for that. But what I want to do is I want to take just a brief moment so we can just hear a little bit more uh, from our sponsor, Piedmont Business Capital.
2: PMI Business Capital is a community development financial institution. And our organization is very much focused on women and businesses owned by people of color. More explicitly in this market, businesses owned by African-Americans. We take that stance and we do this work because we're well aware that communities of color are marginalized when it comes to access to capital. And an event like this Our communities are also less prepared to be responsive and react uh, in a way that will perpetuate sustainability when crises are at hand, whether it be an economic collapse on Wall Street or in this case, a global health pandemic. So uh, we knew that we had to step up immediately and galvanize strength from our partners and additional capital to help support businesses that may be in danger due to the current events.
0: And we're back from a uh, word from our sponsor, Piedmont Business Capital. Well, I want to continue our conversation with the triad president, Mr. Derek Ellington. All right. So we got a lot of information in on yes. that first half. right? But one of the things that you mentioned before we took our break was that uh, there are a lot of resources that are out there. Yes. Right. And. You know, I'm very big on practicality. So I, I want to get diving a little bit deeper mm-hmm. about what are those actual things that you that, you know, that are mm-hmm. out there. Yes. Right. And how, you know, we can have our listeners or people who might watch this piece. Yes. Like, if, even if they don't watch anything else. Yes. But they'll be able to say, I got a ton of value. Sure. For, you know, it was worth its weight and gold yes. because of this portion right here. Sure. So what are some things that you know that are out there that people can take yes. advantage of?
1: Thank you. You know. Immediately available uh, to any business owner of any size are a number of solutions through the Small Business Administration. And I would suggest that every business owner uh, go to the Small Business Administration website, take a look at their menu of offerings. Uh, some of them are, are loan facilities that apply to a lot of different scenarios that would be ideal. Uh, for a particular business owner in a certain situation, um, there are also programs offered through many local government organizations. Uh, for example, in Guilford County, uh, they're offering uh, a grant program with grants up to ten thousand uh, dollars to small business owners. And again, uh, could be an excellent opportunity under the right scenario to access those funds to support your business depending on uh, the situation that you're in. There are also great institutions like uh, Piedmont Business Capital that are also making investments, but more critically, understand uh, how to access a lot of resources beyond their organization that may have application for certain business owners, depending on their circumstances. So it is uh, not being afraid to reach out and have a conversation with folks that, one, have a specific program that may apply to a need uh, for that business, uh, and then others that are aware of many programs that may be available. We have uh, our Chamber of Commerce organizations. They have been very active in educating our business owners uh, of all sizes around resources, uh, support, again, from local and state government, as well as other programs that can be accessed immediately to support, um, you know, what the needs may be. And again, through your local bank, uh, Bank of America and others, uh, access to lending facilities and other uh, solutions. Uh, Loan for forbearance uh, right now is another uh, lever that a business owner can use if they're having challenges uh, in the short term because of COVID. uh, You can reach out to your bank and ask that your near-term payments be moved to the end of the loan so that you don't have to make a payment in the immediate near term. And that forbearance is not a negative swipe against your relationship with that institution. It is an accommodation based on adverse environmental circumstances that we're all
0: navigating. So about just basically really being about just being proactive, Yes. So, you know, not allowing... The mail, Paula. I'm, I'm guilty of it, right? You'll have mm-hmm. like mail come in and you was like, I'll get to it, I'll get yes. to it. So it's better to be proactive Absolutely. in that sense. So, uh, one thing that, that you kind of mentioned that I want to kind of capture is that, um, you kind of mentioned in terms of uh lending, right? In yes. terms of like this grants versus mm-hmm. loans, mm-hmm. and you kind of see that there's like this unspoken like truth, this unspoken like like uh acknowledgement that you know many uh you know people in the black community just are, are really against credit right yes you know that they're in terms of the you know the notion of like you know borrowing money to and mm-hmm. paying interest on there so have has that you know have you seen that in your personal experience and then how would you really explain for someone who may be a business owner versus someone who you know might just you know, be in a personal space mm-hmm. right, where mm-hmm. you know maybe they, they lost, you know, uh, unfortunately lost their job or things of mm-hmm. that nature. Like, how do you really kind of uh, kind of have someone go up above
1: and beyond mm-hmm. that conversation about lending? Sure. Great question. You know, foundationally, I'd say in the black and brown community, we've had less of a history of uh, developing. And fostering full banking relationships. In in many cases in the black and brown community, we don't have a strong history of having full banking relationships. In many cases, we may have a checking account at a financial institution, but in many cases, may not have a relationship with a banker uh, as an example. And it's it's really important, one, that we build those relationships. Uh, for the future, when they may be critical need relationships, uh, having some dialogue, educating a banker about your business and what's going on before you need something and making sure they're familiar with your strategy and uh, where you're trying to go with your business and also getting their advice around your business. Having a relationship with a banker is no different than if you think about holistically what you're doing broader in your life, having a physician, um, having a lawyer, uh, having a CPA, all those relationships that build out your advisory team. And that banker is a critical player on that team. And having that proactive relationship well ahead of when you when you have a need is important. Also, from a credit Capacity and managing access to credit standpoint, ideally, you want to ask for a loan or ask for a line of credit before you need the money and have it in place more as a security instrument than as a critical need instrument. But again, as your business needs change, of course, having that dialogue with if you have built that relationship with a banker, it's going to make that transition much, much smoother and and more successful so it seems like
0: it's more about the and you kind of mentioned this quite a few times like the relationship building, right and having that relationship you know so with you know same way you might have with a doctor or an eye doctor things of that nature having you know so that so that advisory committee Mm -hmm. that can help you give you information about your Mm -hmm. business you know they can help educate the you know the business owner to kind of say hey you know, I understand what you might feel about credit, mm-hmm. but this is something that can really help you out. Right. Sure. And I guess you are kind of saying that if you uh, achieve to have it before you need it. Yes. Almost kind of use it as an insurance policy. Yes. Rather than trying to look for it when you're when you're down. Correct. Right? So, you know, being ahead of it and mm-hmm. being more proactive. uh Cause I get that. Cause you know, you, you, you might make different decisions Mm. when you're in a need in that place of like, I need, I need versus that. It's just there to sit there. Right. And then of course there, you know, you can build business credit, build up your personal credit. Mm. And then there's, I guess, some longer term, uh, I guess uh, upside of, you know, being able to do this, you know, what kind of having a relationship with your banker. Uh, No question
1: about it. And, Just like your doctor, the more your banker knows about your business, the better they can serve you and advise you. And remember that banker is another information broker. They are going to have relationships with other companies in your industry that they can share anecdotal information around what's working and maybe what's not working. That might be really valuable in your business planning strategy. So, again, having that relationship and having an ongoing intentional dialogue uh, with with a banker that you're working with, as well as maybe other bankers that are in the space that you're continuing to build a relationship with. I understand. So I have one final question. So, you know, looking at understanding
0: how large Bank of America is. Right. And and you've mentioned how, you know, and you've kind of shown that by saying like how it's taking you all across the globe, you know being that your home office is in Greensboro, mm-hmm. all right, but some business owners who may make you know under the million dollars a mm-hmm. year uh and they might kind of look at it as like some sense of intimidation mm-hmm. all right, so how would you kind of really show like how does Bank of America really kind of instill that 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 reach in mm-hmm. amongst the community? You know, through you know its own centers, or maybe with other institutions
1: that might serve these different communities. Sure, great question. Uh, You know, one thing I can say about uh, Bank of America is that we we are very much America's bank in terms of our reach. uh, Something in the neighborhood of um, one in every uh, three households has some type of Bank of America relationship whether it's a checking account, it's a credit card, it's a business loan, uh, you name it, as a part of their connection to the institution. And through our electronic platforms, as well as the physical brick and mortar, there are many opportunities for individuals to engage with our bank and get advice and use solutions to grow their business no matter where they are on the spectrum. And particularly the technology, we invest over three billion dollars annually in technology and innovation. Many banks, their entire budget for technology is not three billion dollars. That is just the portion we're reinvesting every year to make our banks safer, to protect our individuals and our business owners accounts from being hacked. Uh, to provide new capabilities that make it easier for again. And think about the environment we're in today uh, where clients are using our electronic platform, no matter what size the company is to transact, access their accounts, execute transactions from their cell phones, no matter where they physically might be sitting. So, again, uh, you can do that no matter what size you are. You can also log on and access advice from our bankers through our electronic platforms as well. Or you can go into a physical location and schedule an appointment to sit with someone and talk about your business needs. And that's critically important. I said, like going to a doctor's appointment, you would schedule an appointment with a banker for a specific topic. From your cell phone or from your laptop or your electronic device. So when you arrive at the bank, the folks know what you want to talk about. They've prepared and they present high value information.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So, Derek, I
0: really want to I really want to thank you for your time here today. Is there any other things that you want to make sure that you said before we wrap up?
1: I just I want to thank you for the opportunity to. Be on this platform with you. There's so much more we could cover, uh, but I know we have a limited amount of time. I just want our business owners uh, in the black and brown community to be encouraged that, um, you know, it's like in the Bible, Ecclesiastes three and one. There's a season for everything. There's a time for everything. And we're in a season right now of challenge, but it will pass and we'll be stronger for it uh we can learn from things that we're going through right now and continue to prepare for success uh, for the long haul. So thank you for the opportunity.
0: Awesome. I really do appreciate you, you know, being able to just to, I know you have a busy schedule, you know, you know, you, you came here suited and booted here for us just to really kind of give us a little bit more insight mm-hmm. in terms of just how we can really kind of move forward yes. and, you know, just kind of take advantage of really the network. And I, that's mm-hmm. one of the bigger things that I've, I've been hearing you kind of, push about like developing that network yes especially as a small business owner yes. like even though you have to wear 12 hats at yes. one time just make sure you don't forget to have that networking hat on too because, absolutely you know it can really help you like the relationship can you know get mm-hmm. you a lot further yes. than what your sales might you know or things of that nature so you know i really thank you for that all right so that was another episode a flatten the curve, strengthen a black dollar. Make sure you tune in next time so we have further conversation about how we can flatten a curve and strengthen a black dollar in the triad. Thank you. Catch you on the other side.